And now, from the dry hills of Santa Clarita, California, it's time for America's least listened to podcast. It's Christianese with your blessing filled hosts, Jared Burkholder and Dan Sachoff. That's right, this is Christianese. Welcome. My name is Dan Sachoff. And my name is Jared Burkholder. Barb, thanks for that riff. That's right. For those of you who don't know, this is Barb Stout on the organ. She's our church organist. Hold on, this is the big finish. Oh, here it comes. That was a glissando at the end. That's when you oh, kind of go up on the keyboard and you go down. A glissando, A was glissando. It? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty fantastic. She, Barb, our organist, he's our church organist here. By the way, did we mention Christianese? I think we did. The announcer mentioned that's Christianese, which is me. We're not fooling anybody. Uh, I am the announcer. Uh, so, yeah. I do want to mention, though, that yes. Barb... Uh, the reason she's so good is she played for a minor league hockey team in Saskatchewan. She was the organist there. And we yeah. had to talk to her about maybe dialing it back a little bit in yeah. the house of the Lord. Yeah. Yeah, the Saskatchewan Seals, I think, is the yeah, team. And yeah. she, yeah. So anyway, Barb is the church organist where we go to church, and uh, she just cuts loose once in a while. 104 years yeah, old. 104. She's got cankles. Oh, man. Uh, a little water retention. Cankles up to her waist. Yeah. That's oh, the funny part. Yeah. They are waist-high cankles. Yeah. That's nice. Hey, so this is Christianese, the podcast where we're going to talk about all kinds of things. As a matter of fact, uh, one of the main things that we'd like to do uh, with this podcast, and we're going we're gonna to say this frequently, but uh, it's the show where, where Christians, two Christians specifically, Jared and myself, and occasionally agnostic, our friend Brian, we're going to expose a hypocrisy, search for meaning, and talk about life. Let's unpack that a little, Jared, shall we? Well, I think the, the genesis of this is you and I have had a lot of worldview conversations about how not only misrepresented Christians are in the world, but also... Right. Uh, just that a lot of times Christians don't know how to speak into culture, and that's compounded by the fact that when Christians do speak into culture, it's usually on Facebook. It yep. usually ends in calling somebody's <laughs> grandma uh, something unmentionable. Yes. And and the ability to have rational dialogue where we actually engage each other, you know, as humans, uh, intellectually, but right. then from a Christian standpoint, actually engage each other with what the Bible says about reality seems to be totally lacking. Yeah, and, and I think in general, our culture, we are so outraged over everything right now. I mean, all of us, Christians and otherwise, uh, that we talk past each other and yeah. we don't talk to each other and we're not able, and again, in this this show, Christianese, by the way, uh, that's a phrase I don't know if a lot of people are familiar with but, with, but what it is, is it's a language unto itself. A lot of times when you have a, a small group of any kind, an in-group, you'll you'll end up having kind of shortened language that you understand, but somebody else doesn't. Yeah, and depending on the size of the group, I mean, it can be so incestuous that, like, unless you've been part of that particular community, you have no idea what they're talking... I mean, think about somebody who is searching, they want some answers, and they come into a place, and somebody's talking, you know, hey, uh, today we're just going to pray for uh, Brother Mark. He's headed to uh, Saskatchewan. That's right. Uh, and uh, we're just going to pray for a hedge of protection, hedge of protection. around him. Yeah. Uh, just a divine shrubbery that's going to <laughs> protect him from... And, and what does that What does that actually mean? And, and again, it, I'm not... We don't, we're not casting aspersions to anybody. Look, we've all well, done maybe that. maybe some light aspersions. Well, maybe some light, light aspersions. Light aspersions. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, but, you know, that's that's the thing is we end up talking that way, and, and that's fine within the context of a church community who understands that. But a lot of times then, if our mission is to talk to other people in the world about our faith and communicate that... That's a barrier right there because they don't understand what the heck we're talking about. They're well, like, and I think it's even an obstacle generationally, right? I mean, yes, my generation and younger, particularly people in high school, junior high. Jared's now, fifteen. I am uh, fifteen and a half. So uh, okay, uh, don't even know what we're talking about. And yeah. actually, it 
and rather than clarifying how Christian Christianity speaks into life, I think it obscures it. Let me give you my favorite, my absolute favorite Christianese expression. Okay, you you give me yours, and I'll give you mine. It's when people ask for prayer, mm-hmm. but they refuse to say what it is, so they just say, um, "If you could just pray, I have an, an unspoken. Actually, I have six <laughs> unspokens. <laughs> unspokens, eh? So you'd be in a prayer context, you know, you'd be at a Bible study or something like that, and everybody would go around the room and like, "Hey, could you pray for my cat? Uh, he's got diarrhea. <laughs> uh, yeah, could you pray for my hamster? He's got AIDS." And, yeah, and then also exactly. like, "Hey, yeah, you know, just got several." unspoken if you could pray for. And then somebody would go pray and they're like, uh, Father, we pray for the cat and the hamster. And we also pray for Dave's unspoken. Lord, we don't know what those are, but, right. but you know everything. And-, and usually when you say something like that, first of all, you're in, you're in church, okay? And here's something, I don't know, a lot of our audience, some may know, some may not know. There's a guy named Tim Keller. He's a pastor out of New York City, Redeemer Church. The whole mission of that church is to to talk to everybody, not right. just exclusively talk to people who already yeah. believe the message. And he always has this, he has this phrase, and I don't know if it originated with him, but he talks about how church should be a hospital for sinners, not a museum for saints. And right. so when you start throwing out stuff like unspokens and everything, okay, first of all, you're not being honest. So whatever it is, yeah. and usually we know what you're talking about. Right. Yeah, it, I mean, usually it's like, well... That guy's looking at porn. You yeah, know what I mean? Right, like exactly. That. Yeah. And, and and rather than we can't be, I think that's something in the church community we find a lot of times we can't be honest with each other. And how are you gonna be real with somebody? Yeah. And and this is an overused word, but authentic. Right. How are you gonna be authentic? Missionally authentic, Dan? Let's be missionally authentic, oh, my Jared. Word. Uh, also, uh, we're we're covering so many things right here, but it's good. Uh, we should back up just a little bit and tell tell our our audience, which I think at this point is probably your mom and Barb, the organist. Um, Bless you, Barb. <laughs> we should tell them a little bit about ourselves. Jared Burkholder um, is a pastor. Yeah, I'm a pastor here in Santa Clarita. I, uh, I'm involved with missions work, so here in Santa Clarita, here in Southern California, and around the world. And so this whole topic is, is important to me because I've grown up in the church. I've been around some confusing elements, but especially now I feel as I think about my neighbors and friends who, right. who are apart from the faith, I want to talk in ways that are helpful to them. I want, yes. to, I want to tap into kind of the existential crises that they experience. That's and, a and big I think, word, existential. Is it, Dan? Yeah. <clears throat> well, you know, it is 10 o'clock Jared in the went to here. seminary. I so. did go to the schools. <laughs> yes, all of them, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, continue. Um, you know, to, to tap into just the angst that people feel about there must be something more, yeah. right? And yeah. I think when we use Christianese phrases or when we talk unhelpfully about the gospel, again, we obscure the inherent natural relevance, the inherent helpfulness of the gospel. Yeah. And so in our unwillingness to let go of some of the trappings of Christianity, we actually end up concealing Christianity. And so for where I'm coming from professionally right. and even right. personally, right, right, growing right. up uh, as a missionary kid, as a pastor's kid, that's just really important to me. Yeah. Just tell us Absolutely. your background, Dan. Uh, well, I am a layman. Uh, that's the term for somebody who's not a pastor. Um, lame. I, lame. Not lame and lame and layman. Uh, and I am, uh, I'm a dude who's, uh, now the, here's the other interesting thing. Jared is a younger guy than I am. Jared's in his thirties. I'm Not. in my seventies. No, I'm, I'm, I just, I'm in my fifties. Uh, and I'm an actor and I'm a, a I, I'm somebody who came to faith later in my life. And for me, uh, the older I get, the more important it gets because I, I finally, once I had the understanding of my faith in that I don't have anything good enough to bring to, uh, to God, to, have eternal life to to uh, 
I, nothing uh, uh, that I'm going to generate is going to be mm-hmm. good enough. Once yeah. that that I came to that realization, the lights came on. And so I want to have this conversation too because I've never, I used to want to argue about other things and now I don't want to argue about faith, but I would rather have those discussions because it's it's become such a real part of my life that I really, I want to have those conversations above everything else. Right, right. And so this is important because I think this is a good way for us to communicate these things and hopefully include people who normally wouldn't be included in this conversation. I'm a comedian, I've done comedy and I have a lot, we have a friend, Brian Irwin, who's right. going to join us sometimes, who's basically a, an I think he would probably say he's an agnostic. He's not sure. Right. Um, but we've had many, many great conversations over the years, and I think he will be good also uh, kind of unpacking the things that you and I may take for granted, speaking of Christianese, and say right. something, and he'll be like, hold on, back well, the truck I, I think that's part of Christianese, is that we only tend to talk to each other or yes. talk to people that agree to us. And right. so we, we develop these arguments and these defenses and these worldviews that actually aren't sustainable in reality. So once we right. step outside the cloistered environment of Christianity, yeah. they actually don't hold any, any weight. Because they actually didn't hold weight in the church either, just nobody either knew enough or loved us enough to to point out the absurdity of it. Right. And this goes back to a conversation we had with Brian at a coffee shop, what, four months ago, six months ago? Yeah, something like that. Where we sat down and we were talking about things that we really disagreed with, but really talking about the fact that, you know, painting with a broad brush here, agnostics talk to agnostics, Christians talk to Christians, Mormons talk to Mormons. Yes. And there's just not this kind of, let's sit down and talk collectively, not in a way that... uh, not in a way that's ecumenical or not in a way that compromises what we truly believe, but in a way that can actually have genuine dialogue with one another that doesn't devolve in just to ad hominem attacks, you know? Right, and we can part friends, and really, because the, the art of discussion and disagreement, but agreeing to disagree has been lost. We Absolutely. don't have that anymore. Yeah. And I think it's huge for us to be able to have those conversations. And like you said, we're not going to compromise on our truth. And I don't expect Brian or whoever else that we end up talking to to compromise on what they think. But I want to have some honest engagement because I think something else that you and I come up with uh, or come up against all the time, and I know I do uh, in the world as a performer, is that people have certain... um, they're predisposed to think about Christianity in a certain way because there's been a lot of hypocrisy mm-hmm. uh, because it, humanity are the people who carry on uh, their tradition of, of Christianity and we're flawed people. Yeah. And there's people who have... we, we ha- it's, it's a big hurdle sometimes to get over to explain to people, no, no, here's what, here's what the Bible, here's what Scripture really says mm-hmm. about God. Right. Uh, and not, it's not, hey, you know, you're you're just going to try to earn your way to heaven, or, yeah. you know, you, your blessings are, that's, I mean, speaking of Christianese, that's my, that's one of the words that drives me crazy, and, and not that it's a bad word, because it's in the Bible, but blessings. Yeah. People throw blessings around, like, blessings, uh, blessings brother, or blessings to them are a Maserati, you yeah. know, or a Tesla, right. and it's like, well, no, 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 uh, we need to, we need to talk about that, because blessings are much more than... Yeah, if, if all God can give you is a Maserati, yes. then this is kind of a bankrupt faith. Joel Osteen, are you listening? Um, yeah. Oh! Hi, How you doing? I want that parking space, Joel. Yeah, but again, you know, the prosperity gospel, which some people may hear that and be like, what is that? We're going to talk about stuff like that, uh, which is not, look, it's not based on Scripture, and it's not based on the faith that we know. Right. And I think it's important for people to have understanding when it comes to those kind of things. And I think whenever we're talking about faith and worldview, any faith, whether it's a, a secular faith or some kind of religious faith, they all have things that seem ridiculous yeah. to an outside observer. Absolutely. They all have this faith component where you do have to make kind of a leap. That's not to say that faith is illogical, but but there yes. are things that we actually have to believe that we can't always verify and demonstrate to the extent that other people would want. But... Um, 
I think what we have to realize is there are things and even ways that we express that to the outside world just seem totally crazy. And I think it's just good for to be cogn- for us to be cognizant of that, right? For us to be aware yes. that when somebody who's not a Christian walks into church, there's a lot of things that are going to seem really weird to them. Right. And when we talk about our faith, there's going to be things that seem really, really odd to them. And again, that's not to remove those things, but I think having an understanding, having dialogue with people where hopefully Brian can say, that's ridiculous, that's dumb, I don't agree with that, I don't understand that, I don't like that. I just think that's a helpful dialogue. And for us to be able to say that back to him, you know, Absolutely. when he says something to go like, I don't think that actually holds any yeah. any existential water. And when he says something like that that I disagree with, I'm going to tase him and I will probably strike him about the head and shoulders. Well, and obviously this is a podcast so you guys can't see, but we're all sitting on electrodes now that we Correct. each have the ability to trigger. And so if Dan says something I don't like, right, exactly. I'm going to shock him. Ow, what was that for? I didn't say anything. Well, you know, I didn't like the way you looked at me there. How so. dare you? There's yeah. That's the other thing is too, is we, we want to have some fun with some of this stuff. Again, we're not going to be making fun of anybody, but we are going to have some fun with ourselves and with other uh, worldviews that sometimes we think don't hold water. And when there's times where there's hypocrisy in Christianity, we want to call that out too, because then I think we're not being intellectually honest and we're not going to be able to communicate. Well, and let's be honest, the, the perception of Christians is that they aren't any fun because a lot of them right. aren't any fun. No, right? right. Like there's an inability to laugh. There's this suspicion of, yeah. of humor. And, you know, you've heard it said that uh, Christians and Puritans are people that have a sneaking suspicion that somebody somewhere is having a good time. You know, they want to want to put the kibosh on. <laughs> exactly. And so, you know, what we're going to do, even in the context of this podcast, is to point out some of those elements and 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 paint the caricatures that exist. And I think in doing that, actually to identify that those caricatures that people tend to associate with Christianity are hyperbolic. That's not reality. Certainly Absolutely. those kind of people exist. They do. But the run-of-the-mill Christian, somebody who's genuine in their faith, isn't right. that. Right? Isn't He's that. He's not a a gun-toting homophobe who would love to kill every Muslim that he sees. Exactly. Those people might exist, but that's Absolutely. not the Christians that I know. No, you're right. And and speaking of that, too, the other thing we want to do, and I'm really glad you got on this train with this whole concept here, is you know we want to talk to people in the community. We've got some people that we know who occasionally uh, we've got a, a voicemail set up, and people will be able to call in. Uh, and uh, you know some Christians that, that we know, and, and I, I don't know who's on there right now, but we can... Uh, should, we, should we check the voicemail? It's a good idea. You know, I check it with, with trepidation sometimes because you never know sure. who's going to call in. But, you don't know. Yeah. But, but that's uh, one of the things we'll do. Hold on. So uh, let's go ahead and uh, let's check the voicemail right now. Hey, y'all. Phil here. Hey, <clears throat> I know I'm calling some brothers here who are in the state of California. Listen, I don't normally come to that godless state, but I was flying on a missions trip and I had to take a flight through there. So I'm at LAX LAX, as I like to call it. Had to use the restroom. I walk over there. What do I see? It's the transgender bathroom, man. They got a man and a woman and a half man, half woman on the sign. What is that? What am I supposed to do with that? How am I, I going to walk in there? What, is it a man's room or a women's room? I was scared. So you know what I did? I found a corner and I used the restroom in the corner of LAX. I'll tell you what. Listen, y'all. We're going to start a 40 Days of Prayer campaign where we're going to pray that the Lord would break off California, the entire state, into the ocean and push it towards the Asian countries. We do not want you to be part of the United States of America any longer. Man, I hate these new phones. You can't hang them up, can't slam them down. I'm going to do this. Hang up. Wow. Uh, so I think that's, uh, that's fundamentalist Phil, I could tell by the voice. Wow. Yeah. You know, when you talk about caricatures. Yeah. Characters, he needs to take a Xanax or something. Yeah, Uh, I think I need to go for a walk after that. Yeah, I need to go for a walk and have a beer. Walk with lots of beer. Yeah. Yeah, wow.
Uh, all right, so uh, there's the voicemail, man. Well, there's that. That's always yeah. my phrase, you know. When somebody <laughs> says like, "Well, there's <laughs> that." Thanks for that. Now, you know, I think part of unpacking this too and talking about uh, what the show is going to be about, knowing more about, you, like, your background is fascinating because you, you grew up. So? I do. I do think do it's, really I think think it's so? fascinating. Do you really? Uh, hold on a second. Hey, uh, I'm just feeling fair. Well, Where we're just going to have a moment and we'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Um, so, yeah, but you, you grew up as, as, a, as a missionary kid mm. in Mexico. Mexico, soy chilango. In fact, that was your nickname in high school, correct? Yeah, because they didn't know my real name, so they called me Mexico. <laughs> hey, Mexico! Yeah. This was in Ohio where racism, you know, hadn't really <laughs> come to a full understanding. A lot of white people, hey, Mexico, well, what you doing there, pal? Oh, Mexico. I think we had one student of diversity, and then yeah, it yeah. was me, but I was still yeah. a white guy who just lived out of the country. So well, I, I grew up in Colorado, so it was pretty much all white guys. White bread. A lot, yeah. I did have a Jewish friend, David yeah. Polavoy. Yes. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's good. That's a step. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Like zero one percent Yeah, exactly. So uh, many of my friends are Jewish. All <laughs> uh, right. Uh, hello. What's with that? I don't know. Um, so here's, here, but here's, you grew up, you grew up that way, and I think it it's very interesting where you come from too, because you have, I think there's this, this other misunderstanding that everybody who's Christian, uh, we talked about it. People like to take Christ and they want to leverage him for whatever they believe, whatever, whatever belief system that they come to the table with, whether it be conservative, liberal, uh, let's talk about that a little bit. Cause I think growing up, you kind of had a, a view of, of, uh, at least America outside of America, right? Yeah, and it's been interesting. I've kind of been in a lot of different facets or genres, if you will, of Christianity. Um, right. We know we just heard from fundamentalist Phil. I actually grew up in a movement called fundamentalism, which started helpfully uh, in a reaction to to liberalism that was punning on believing what the Bible has to say, but became kind of this weirdly um, socially conservative movement that actually later became known for you know we don't go to movies, uh, women don't wear any pants, no pants at all. There's no pants. <laughs> No pants for the women. They have to wear dresses all the time. That's right. They're wearing dresses. Uh, it's the best. They actually just grow out their own body hair. They weave that they into do a fabric. Weave the body hair, and, and that way you don't have to wear clothes. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's not true. <laughs> it might be, but, but yeah, they wouldn't go to movies or things like that. And so, being a Christian was kind of waxed nosed to use that phrase to to be somebody who basically just removes himself from the world. It's like a, a, a Baptist version of monasticism or something like that. And so they, that, and that would be for, for people who are not familiar with maybe Christian terms, that would be called legalism, right? Totally legalism, right? Yeah. Where your standing before God is, is predicated or based on your ability to keep a set of rules. And so that's totally influenced the way, particularly people in the South in the United States think about Christianity. When I worked right. in sales right out of college, uh, guy that would that be I mattress with. sales, wouldn't I, it? I sold mattresses, Dan. Yep, all right. Hey, friends, let me tell you something. <laughs> if you're not sleeping well, let me tell you about the Tempur-Pedic mattress. <laughs> uh, do you have a Serta in my size? I, uh, I was called a sleep expert, I don't mind telling you. Uh, that's a trademark, by the way. Um, <laughs> so I was working with this guy, and you know, we'd sit around for a bunch of hours waiting for customers to come in. And yeah. so whenever he wanted to ask me something about Christianity, he would ask, hey, what do the rules say about that? Because in his mind, Christianity was a list of rules. The Bible right. was 2,500 pages of... Of rules, and that was interesting to realize that in his mind, none of the the good elements, the, mm-hmm. the you know that we were made for God, we were made to find satisfaction and fullness and purpose and contentment and hope in Him. None of that was his understanding of Christianity. Right. His understanding of Christianity was, I can't do the things that I want to do. So tell me what, like, what's the bare what minimum? Can I, I do have to right? Keep? 
Right. But your experience is a little bit different, right? You've experienced maybe some more on, on the other side of things, the liberal end, dare yeah. I say. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tell us about that. Well, you know, a lot of times the people that I come across, first of all, uh, don't have a concept of, because I think largely uh, uh, the world, America, Canada, a lot of places right now don't even have a concept of, of God, you know? or and, and like you said, it could be one of two things, that I can or I cannot do this, or why would you need God? Mm. Uh, because what can God do? I'm going to do it all by myself. Right. And um, and I think, you know, for me, my experience has been most of the time when I tell somebody about my faith, they're, they're either like, well, why would you need that? And I say, well, because if I look to my own, the things that I do by myself left to my own devices, uh, I'm a pretty, I have a propensity for evil. We would, right? We would call right. that right. sin. Right. Uh, and they're like, well, you're too hard on yourself. You know, uh, and I'm like, well, uh, you don't know me. Yeah. I, I'm actually the worst person to know. Yeah. You don't know what I'm thinking right now. And I think that's one of the things as Christians that we need to very often, like I'll have a conversation and somebody will get defensive right away and say, well, wait a minute. Are you saying that you're a better person than I am? And it has nothing to do with that. In fact, I would right. say most secular people that I meet, many, many of them are better, more moral people than I am. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it's not my morality that I'm looking for. It's, it's, it's the person of Jesus. And again, that's something that we're going to talk about. And I think we have to be unapologetic about talking about that. And, right. and somebody else doesn't have to believe that. That's right. okay. Yeah. But I think we're disingenuous by, by also cloaking it in a position where sometimes you tend to soften it because you want to you appeal to people and say, well, you know, I'll have a better life. Jesus will make my life better. And I think that's what the people I talk to are like, well, how are you having a better life? It's like, well, no, Jesus didn't promise we're going to have a better life, right. right? I mean, ultimately, we will have hope in him eternally. Yeah. It's about eternal life, but our life here, uh, Jesus isn't our life coach, right? Totally. And, and, you know, everybody thinks they're centrist and so that everybody right or left of them is more conservative or liberal than they yes. are. Yes, yes. And so we're not gonna we're not gonna divert from that. I think we have a, a yeah. wonderful centrist position, but I think that's the element of Christianese, right? That in the very hyper conservative world, you use these phrases that even think about your faith in in regards to what you do that makes you acceptable to God. Yeah. Perhaps in the more liberal world, there's these Christianese phrases and culture that is really a, a social kind of thing. So on the one hand, yes. it's um, you know what they would call personal holiness things. Don't do this, don't do this, do this. Right. On the liberal side of the left, it's do these things, right? Be altruistic, right. be philanthropic, be humanitarian, and God will accept you. Right. And I think, considering ourselves more centrist, we would say, okay, well, let's reject both of those, right? I'm right. not going to earn favor by God with God by either being super legalistic and hyper-conservative or by being humanitarian for its own sake. I need to right. find what it means uh, to be somebody who's rooted in Jesus Christ, and then out of that, to right. be concerned about the right kind of things, um, whether culturally or socially. And I think that's avoiding, hopefully, that's avoiding Christianese. That's not just a platitude. That's not just an expression. There's actually substance to that. So that's our goal with this podcast is to every episode, every week that we do this, is to really try to break down those things that are... um, that become ritualistic, if you will, mm. uh, yeah. in in a faith that you do just to check off a box, or you do it because you think you have to do it. And I think always being rooted in uh, what uh, what the true faith, what the scripture, if you will, what the Bible says about things, and also doing it with good humor and not 
getting bent all out of shape about stuff because I think a lot of times too what we do is if something disagrees with our say you're a conservative and you're a Christian and somebody else who's liberal but you know they're like well you can't be a Christian because you're a Democrat right right, right. and it's like well our pastor says all the time God's not a Republican or a Democrat right? right and I think we need to get over that kind of stuff where we can talk about who we are in Christ first yeah uh, or or who we're not. I mean, if somebody doesn't believe, but that doesn't mean I'm going to demonize you just because you're a Democrat. Because I spent a whole first part of my life wanting to argue politics all the time, and now I could really care less about somebody. I mean, I have my own convictions, but right. but that's not what I lead with because yeah. ultimately it's just not fulfilling and it's not where I want to go. And I think, you know, as Christians especially, we spend a lot of time talking about unbelievers, talking yes. about agnostics, talking right. about atheists, talking about liberals. Yeah. And so I think... Uh, without meeting this in any pejorative way at all, to bring those people into this podcast and actually yes. give them a chance to talk about what they believe. And I think, you know, expose things that Christians believe about people outside of their faith community that are just not true and not right. helpful. Right. And I think to do it in a way where we can actually get to the heart of what do we really disagree about? Let's yeah. disagree amicably. Let's not shy away from disagreeing. Right. But I think that we can actually have fruitful conversation. And so rather than as Christians talking about other people, we can actually talk to other people right. in a way that's going to be helpful for you and I. Hopefully it will be helpful for the guests we have and then helpful for Barb and my mom. Yeah. Who are listening. And hopefully your mom has a couple of friends who they, she plays canasta with or something. Well, that will... a ton of canasta. That's yeah. good. Um, yeah, because that's the thing. On the two extremes, you have people who either disagree so intensely that we can't even be in the same room with each other or that you're so afraid you're going to offend somebody that milk you toast. tiptoe. It's milk toast and it's not real. And I think, I think people are hungry for really talking about things, right? That's one of the things where it came out of our conversation with Brian, and you'll meet Brian Soon enough, again, uh, our friend and my friend that I've done stand-up comedy with for a long time. And, uh, in fact, I met him at the comedy store. Hopefully he'll tell this story. Oh, yeah? I want to hear uh, it. Yeah, it was, a, it, was a, it was a great story. And he thought I was, he was, uh, he thought I was crazy. He thought I was a madman. Um, <laughs> well, which well, is wrong? partially true when I'm wrong? not on the lithium. But, uh, <laughs> but the, the, great thing, uh, the great thing about this is Brian came to me and said, you know, what's happening in the world? Because the world is so divided. It is so, and, and everybody feels like that in their own time because again we're living in such a little bit of a timeline compared right. to the timeline of history so we always think it's the worst of times right and he felt that he feels politically how everybody's upset there's just so much division everywhere not even just in our country in the world you know and people are looking for hope and they're looking for answers and they're looking for discussions and i think we can really have that as a matter of fact back to our conversation when we were having at this coffee shop uh, a few months back with yeah. Brian, it was really interesting. There was a, a young man in there who was, uh, I think, a transgender yeah. uh, a guy who heard us uh, talking about the idea for the podcast, and we were just batting ideas around, and he came up and he said, hey, uh, this is really interesting. I'm an atheist, and he didn't say he was transgender, but it was, it was pretty obvious yeah, there. Uh, and, uh, and we're like, oh, wow. And he wanted, he sat down for 10, 15 minutes and we discussed things like one thing he said is he will post something yeah. like maybe an atheist, uh, quote or, a, a, a an unbelieving scientist, you know, a, a secular scientist who has something he'll post it on his Facebook page and it's not directed towards anybody, but somebody of faith who sees that on Facebook will come after him. Like he's just attacked them and he, right. he wasn't going after him. That's what he thinks. He should be able to say what he thinks and talk about that. Right. And I think that's part of just the rhetorical culture that we see. And, you know, I'm 32, so I'm not, I'm not going to oh say that this God, is you are pretty, uh, hold on, let me get a bottle and a, and can we get a wet nap over 
you're, you're in a diaper. Change some diapers here pretty quick. Louise. No, I think I'm that not going to say socks older than you. Right? <laughs> it's not worse than it's ever been in history, but I think it's definitely as bad as it's ever been in my lifetime. That people are just angry all the time and incapable mm-hmm. of not only seeing good in people, but even seeing value in someone's argument that you disagree with. Right? Sure. And in that regard, there's so much for us to talk about. There's so much we right. can talk about politically. There's so much we can talk about culturally and socially, morally. And I think all those things should be seen through the lens for us of a Christian worldview. That's what right. we want to talk about. And we will talk about those issues, certainly, but I never want us to get mired in just those issues because this isn't necessarily firing line where we want to right. we want to argue political points. No, and we want to be able to talk about, okay, this is how our faith informs how we view this. Brian, yes. others, how does your, your belief system, your worldview inform that? Right. And then... What are the what are the commonalities and what are the what are the differences? What are the substantive right. ways that we see the same event, the same headline, yes. but from very different perspectives? And I think to that point, also, um, we are going to have um, we're going to have two audiences, basically, hopefully, with this podcast. Right. We're going to have an audience of people who are church people yeah. who are going to say, "Hey, I want to maybe dig into some theological issues. I want to hear what they have to say." But we're also hopefully going to have a, a, a secular audience who's like, "I'd like to get a, a door or a window into what what is Christianity really about, so yeah. I can decide for myself uh, what is it." Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and hopefully we can talk about it in helpful ways that people actually want to listen. I think there's a third group. I think you just got some new headshots, and I think there's going to be a group of people that see your headshots and go, <laughs> "I would just want to hear his voice because my word, yeah, that's I think, hot." I think that's probably it for those of you who've never seen me. Uh, you could look. Uh, what I was just recently on an episode of uh, Blackish and also Life in Pieces. Thank well, you. That's my also, resume. Also, there was the Armani underwear campaign. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't like to talk about yeah. that though. In El Salvador, you just yeah. on the yeah, side yeah, yeah. of a building. Yeah, <clears throat> it was El Salvador and Bulgaria. They were trying to cover the Latin market and yeah. the Slavic market at the same time. Out of place because of how cold it was in Bulgaria. But yeah, yeah, it was weird. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. That was inappropriate. I yeah. think at times. But yeah, I think. Um, uh, you know, to, to that point too, it, it, it is, it's so helpful to me and that's why I'm really glad we're going to have, I want to have people on from my world and have people on from your world, yeah. I think, because uh, we have two different things, but from the stand-up world, from the acting world, from uh, the world of performing, I'd like to have people on because that's one of the conversations that is always hard for me to have because how do you turn the corner uh, and, and start talking about faith, although right. it's funny how much it comes up organically now because people like Brian, right. everybody's searching for meaning, right? Yeah. Everybody's trying to find a way. And you said something interesting. You said, you know, in your 32 years, this is about as divided as you've ever seen it. I've got a couple decades on you. And I will tell you that I remember as a kid during Watergate, like Mm, I kind of equate this to that time. And I don't think it's necessarily worse now or was worse then, but they're very similar in a lot of ways because you look at how polarized, how divided. uh, And I got on a kick the other day on YouTube and we just started, I started Googling the Watergate trials and, and, and watching them. And it's just the country was... It's just, it's unbelievable. I think in those times, you know, a lot of times as a Christian, I will think when times are good, I don't find the need as much for God. You know what I mean? Which is horrible. And that's not good and that's not scriptural, but I'm human and I'm being honest. Yep, totally. But when things are bad, I'm on my knees. Right. And I think that's true collectively, right? So even yeah. if you're not a Christian, when things are really bad, you you start looking for deeper meaning. I think it right. really comes down to distractions, right? right. When right. things are good, I'm distracted from really asking tough, deep, life-meaning kind of questions. Yeah, but whether absolutely. Christian, atheist, whatever your worldview is, when things get tough, you really start to dig in and say, okay, what what is really going on here? What what actually gives me meaning and hope outside of I wake up, I go to work, I make some money? You know, is my goal just to retire and play golf in Florida? You know, which it is. Well, sure. Although sure. maybe not Florida. 
I like Florida, but it's a little so, humid and I'm the bugs are junk. Where, yeah. where do people in California go to retire? Because everybody on the East Coast schleps down to Florida to retire. Uh, Leisure World down Leisure. near San Diego. Yeah, it's a real place. I'm not kidding. Not you. It's, it's a, it's a it retirement It sounds like an community. RV dealer. Yeah, no, no, no. It's it's Leisure World. I think it I think it still exists. You know, are you familiar with the Dell Web communities, uh, like the villages in Florida outside oh, yeah, of Oregon? Yeah, yeah, there yeah. these kind of Oregon. This was kind of the precursor to the Dell Web communities like that that were okay. that kind of set out for the older folk, the older right. set, kind of mm-hmm. like me. <laughs> couple years, Dan. Listen, couple listen, years. Listen, that's my hip clicking. Can you hear that? <laughs> uh, yeah. So, and I'm wearing Absorbing Junior right now because just walking down the hall to the Hedge of Production Studios here, I think I pulled a muscle. And depends. Let's call it. And depends. But no, I think people. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> people are are trying to ask and figure out. Okay, what is what's the meaning of life? And and I think, especially given our political climate, you know, given that a lot of people put faith and hope in what President Obama could accomplish and now President Trump is rolling right. back a lot of that. I think there is right. like the, okay, well, there's got to be more to it than this. There's got to be more than the Dell Web community. Yeah. Leisure world. Yeah. Um, although it sounds pretty great. It's pretty great. It's where we find our hope, right? And I think that's going to be our big conversation here is being able to tell people where we find our hope and learn from them where do they where are they looking for hope and have honest dialogue and and I mean this the helpful honest gentle dialogue about the validity of some of those things yes right? because I do think there's a lot of worldviews that make exclusive claims and yes. they can't all be exclusively right and right. so I think to to have genuine dialogue about you know if we're sitting down with somebody whose worldview is not only incompatible with ours but we both can't be right right I think it's it's good to draw out some of those differences but in a way that's benevolent and kind and helpful and that we can walk away as friends at the end of it and have a robust discussion do you like that uh, elderly word I just threw in there robust dialogue Dan robust dialogue that's what we're all about hey, here my dialogue right now is benching 320 <laughs> it's so robust um, but yeah no I mean being able to have these these kind of uh, good discussions for, like you just were saying something right there like where do we where do we find our hope um what would you say you know i one thing i'd love to start this with is unpacking a lot of times you know here's another thing that can become christianese and it's not but it can become christianese people talking about the gospel right hey let's go spread the gospel you heard that well would you as a pastor unpack for us just quickly for somebody who doesn't know what is what's the gospel yeah i think fundamentally the gospel is all about the fact that we were made to be in relationship with god and find fulfillment and joy and purpose in relationship with him uh, following his his worldview his his idea of morality his idea of what's right and wrong but ultimately in the context of a relationship that our hope and our joy and contentment would be in him and our rejection of that in a Christian sense, uh, started with Adam and Eve, but the rejection of wanting to find fullness in God instead to pursue it in other things, yes. whether it's it's selfishness and that expresses itself in bajillions of different ways. Yep, We call that sin, right? right? And so that sin has fundamentally broken us from the inside out. And so rather than having this great relationship and fulfillment with the God who made us for that, right. we've rejected that. We become broken and now we're, it's almost like we're blindly searching for anything that will fill that hole, that void in our life. Right. And so the Christian gospel is about the fact that God not only created us for fulfillment in himself, but when we rejected him, when we, when we were too dumb in a sense to realize how, what we, the good thing that we had in relationship with him, when we pursued lesser things, God loved us enough to send his son to come and, and save us back from that brokenness and to bring us back into relationship with himself, to fix the brokenness so that we could be in relationship with him. Because he could have left us in a broken state, right? Totally. Yeah, and, and just and you walked see away. People like that who are still in that broken state, right, all over, right. Um, and I think as a Christian, 
I think we also have to admit that sometimes we're many times are in a broken state, right? But where do we look for where do we look for restoration? Where do we look for hope? I think that's the other thing is some people are like, well, so you're a Christian, so you think you have it all together all the time, right? 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 Which yeah. is a minute to minute for me daily. Totally, it's constantly. It's not that I have everything figured out and together, but it's going. Where do I go for restoration? I go to God. And everybody has, whether they've identified it in their mind or not, everybody has the thing or things that they think are going to fix the brokenness. Right. So even if they've never sat down and thought about the fact, yes, I'm broken and I pursue these things to, to fix it. Yes. We all have that, whether right. it's career, whether it's family, whether it's relationship, Absolutely. whether it's pleasure, any number of things, whether it's a, a religious worldview. Yeah. And so I, I think the thing that we can continue to talk about in this podcast is which of those are real? Which yeah. of those are are empty baskets that when you pour your hope into it, it's just going to come right back out. And which of right. them actually can be full? Right. Can be full with real stuff that actually provides lasting meaning and hope. And I think the issue that we we think about a lot in the back of our minds is the issue of identity. Identity right. is what provides me meaning, what provides me purpose, and what provides me hope. Right. We all have identities. I Absolutely. I don't think a lot of people have stopped. I don't think until recently, I've stopped to think about what is my identity and is that actually good? Yeah. And that should be an ongoing question. So just right. because you and I have been Christians for a while doesn't mean that we stop wrestling through, is my identity real? You bet, is 100%. Is it existentially viable? Does it make yeah. sense of the world around me? And everybody has a different identity. Some people identify as just a parent. You know, I know uh, mothers and fathers who once their kids fly the coop, I got I got a son who's going to be graduating here pretty soon. And, you know, you you raise a kid for so long, your identity becomes wrapped up as, hey, I'm a father, I'm a mother. And they go away and you're like, what am I now? Right. Or for me as a guy, I know a lot of times guys, it's about career. It's about being the breadwinner. It's about, hey, it's what I do. How many, you know, you see somebody is like, hey, what do you do? Yeah. What, what, what right. do you do? You know, and it's like. Put you in that box. Okay. Right, exactly. Yeah. And, and so your identity becomes what you do. Yeah. And it's like that can become really confining and restrictive and incredibly frustrating, especially for somebody like me who's a freelancer. Right. Uh, you know, sometimes there's work and sometimes there's not work. And if I'm looking all the time for my identity and what I do, I'm going to be hugely frustrated all the time. And I'm chasing that constantly and I miss the, the important things around me. And there's a, there's a philosopher, a Christian philosopher by the name of C.S. Lewis, who would talk about this helpfully. He actually came to faith uh, later in life right. out, of, out of atheism, out of denying the existence of God. Right. And, and his point was that, you know, we're like kids who play with mud pies in a puddle because we can't conceive of, of what it's like to go to the beach and actually experience the waves in the sand. Right. And so I think we have all these little identities that aren't necessarily wrong in themselves, but they're not ultimate. And we right. make them ultimate, and they cannot sustain the weight of our ultimate identity on them. And so they collapse over and over again. Right. Because we were made for something that, that is a true identity. We were made to find hope that's supernatural, that's transcendent, that's outside of the course of, of normal life. And so if we right. put all of our hope on things in the, the, the regular rhythms of life, none yeah. of those things can sustain that weight because we were made for something transcendent that's outside the rhythm of all that. Exactly. So we've got a lot uh, to discuss in the coming weeks. And, uh, and hopefully there's a lot of dumb stuff we want to poke fun at too. A lot of dumb stuff that we want to poke fun at that we haven't done as much now because we're kind of trying to tee things up. Although I did enjoy hearing from Fundamentalist Phil. I tell you what, that guy, yeah, he's a piece of work. He is. Uh, I think but- he was my pastor back <laughs> when I was in fifth grade. I think I had fundamentals. But he's a good giver, so that's why we keep him around the that's church. True. A giving you know I mean? unit. A, gi- a giving unit, Dan. <laughs> a giving... He's a solid giving unit. A giving unit. So looking up to, uh, or, or looking to your next week, is there anything, uh, anything that you're excited about this week? I'm always excited about my day off. I yeah, that's that. good. What do you do on your day off? Uh, not much, 
Really? Yeah. So my favorite thing in the world yeah. to do is to sit on my back patio and just stare at the wall. Mm-hmm. You remember old computers that you had to defrag? Sure. Remember that? Absolutely. And you could see the visual thing. Yep. I was yep. out there the other day thinking like this, like I'm, I'm You're still running Windows 98 and I have to defrag. <laughs> I have to like sit there and everything has to get put back. So I'm excited about it. that. We're also sure. handing out water at the, the Special Olympics uh, here which is a church, which I think is super cool. I love Fantastic. I love getting to be part of that. So I'm That's great. That. What about you? That's awesome. Uh, you know, we just recently, um, excuse me, that's a protein bar coming back up on there the There it is. I apologize. Garlic protein bar by Woo! the smell of it. Woo! Yeah, there's nothing better than a garlic protein bar. Ah, man. Better out than in. Hey, uh, Just like Shrek used to say. Um, man, I am old. So, uh, yeah, you know, we just got our house kind of redone there, which is a nice, uh, it was kind of a nice thing. We've been here for 18 years and everything after cats and kids and everything that happens. You know, there's a lot of vomit lot of poop. and poop that happens. Poop. And somehow it gets on the walls and in yep. the carpet. I don't know how that happens. I'm still there. Are you? Yeah, yeah. that's right, because your kids are... Are two and one. Two and one. Let me one. tell you a story. I'm going to interrupt you. Last yeah, no, night, we're me. putting the kids to bed. Yeah. I'm moving toys, and I move <laughs> this little car that they have, and yeah. there was just this puddle there, and like, oh, <laughs> that's pee. And like, you didn't even know. Like, it was such a, he's Back such to a Lake sneaky Urine. peer. And like, I don't know how long it's been there. It might have been three hours, something like You sure that. wasn't your wife's? I do have to confess that sometimes it's me. Sometimes I yeah, me my too. Eyes roll back yeah. in my head, and I'm just here. Anyway, I've always had a loose bladder. Oh gosh. Yeah. So, okay. No. So we're looking forward to putting our house back together. Kind of, we're kind of getting back to the normal rhythms of life here because uh, things have been kind of. But again, it's a real. That's a first world problem, Jared. I'm not going to lie to you. Are you sure? I'm positive. Although in the midst of it, I liked. I like to feel sorry for myself. Oh my gosh! Well, I'm having my house redone. Yeah. This is horrible. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to get new nice things. You know, we just got new furniture. And yeah, had to put it together and <sighs> had to move the big cardboard. You had to that put it together. Was it IKEA? It wasn't IKEA. It was from Wayfair. Oh, I Trademark. love Wayfair. Wayfair is great, dude. It was amazing. Wayfair is amazing. I yeah. love not having to leave my house. <laughs> Listen to us. Now the show's become two guys talking about Wayfair. What, so there we were. We were on Wayfair, and I'm like, I just don't know about this color scheme, and but I hit buy anyway, and then it came, and Dan it matched the carpet perfectly. Sweet. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, there. I just heard the sound of a beer opening, and that is, of course, uh, signaling the end of our show. And we're out. So uh, it was great to great to start this conversation. We're looking forward to more. Absolutely. And uh, yeah. we will see you next time. Thanks for listening, Mom. Christianese, Barb. yeah. Thank you. God Barb, take you. us out, would you? Blessings. Blessings.